So I think it's fair to say that every one of us at some point in our lives have run into some kind of an obstacle in some way, be it at you know, home, work, school, whatever, right? It's like if you're driving down the road and you're going like to visit your grandmother who lives out at the end of the road in the country and there's, this is the only way to get there. And so you're going downhill and you see that there's water across the road and the, the road sort of disappears into the water and it comes out the other side, that's an obstacle, right? And you've got three choices as to what you can do. You can throw up your hands and go, you're out of luck, Grandma, I'm going home. Or you can say, you know what? I'm going for it. And you can just drive right through that water. That probably will not end well. Or you can wait and find some way to clear that obstacle, to work through it, or maybe to find a workaround on it. But we all face obstacles. And one of the biggest obstacles that uh, Christians, non-Catholic Christians especially, but some of our Catholic brothers and sisters as well, one of their big obstacles comes in the form of a question. And many of you may have heard this question. I hear these questions all the time because when people see my collar, they figure, you know, go ahead and ask them the tough questions. And this one is, why do I have to confess my sins to a priest? You may have heard that before. And like all the obstacles in our faith, and just like that, the other obstacle of which I spoke, we have three choices as to how to deal with that. We can throw up our hands and say, the heck with it. I don't agree with that, and so I'm going to walk away. Or we can decide that, you know, I don't agree with it, but I'm just going to plow right through it, and I'm going to hope that at some point everything's going to be fine, and that may not end well. Or we can seek to clear that obstacle in our mind and our heart. And in fact, I have the answer for that question for you today. Why do I have to confess my sins to a priest? It's an answer that when I was down at St. Mary in Fredericksburg and working with the youth group, we had a guest speaker and he told the kids, 85% of the questions that you're asked at youth group have the same answer, because Jesus said so, right? And in fact, that is the answer to that question. And he said it here today in this gospel passage from Matthew where he says, if you are seeking to deal with your brother who has sinned against you, he gives us some great advice, right? First of all, don't go and confront him right away um, with a whole bunch of people and tell him what a bad person he is. Go and talk to him face to face, person to person. Try and resolve it that way. If that doesn't work, bring someone along who is relatively impartial. And my advice is if you're going to bring someone who's not completely impartial, bring someone who's a little more leaning toward the person you're trying to talk to than to you, because then it's going to appear that you're doing everything in your power to be fair. But then he says, if that doesn't work, tell the church. And why does Jesus say that? And why does Jesus give the church the final word? Because he says if finally he won't respond to the church, then you can cut him off. Well, the reason that Jesus does that is because the church is not just a club. It's not just an organization. It's not just a bunch of people who got together and said, hey, this Jesus guy is pretty cool. Let's get together once a week and talk about him. There's more to it than that. The church is where Jesus is really, truly present. It is the body of Christ. It is not something that is ancillary to our relationship with Christ, but it's something that is necessary 
in that relationship. And in fact, the church teaches that here, especially at Mass, Jesus is present to us in four ways. First of all, he's present in the word that we just heard proclaimed. From Ezekiel to St. Paul, the Psalms to the Gospel, Jesus is present in the word because as St. John tells us in the prologue to his Gospel, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And so when we hear scripture, we hear not only God's word, but we are present to Christ who is present to us. Secondly, he is present in all of us here. As he just said, where two or three are gathered in my name, and I'm sure four, five, six, and however many of us there are now also count, I am present there with you. Third, he's present in me, your humble servant. Not through any merit of my own, not through anything that I necessarily did to deserve it, although I did spend five years in seminary. It's through the grace of the sacrament of ordination. And of course, finally, he's present most perfectly in the most blessed sacrament, where he is substantially present. But when you come to me or to any priest to receive the sacraments, especially the sacrament of penance, confession, reconciliation, call it what you want. The important thing to remember, it is not really me who hears your sins. And it is not really me who forgives them. Even though I do speak in the first person, in those words of absolution, the line that precedes the words, I absolve you from your sins, are through the ministry of the church. May God grant you pardon and peace, and I absolve you from your sins. Because I have been configured to Christ in a particular way through this whole assembly gathered together. That as a body of Christ, we are the church, and we comprise this divine institution created by Jesus himself to bring the sacraments to the world. I mean, stop and think about the sacraments for a moment. And even my role in the sacraments, I, I did not and cannot baptize myself. I did not and cannot confirm myself. I certainly didn't ordain myself. I can't even look at myself in the mirror and give myself absolution. I need to go to another priest. Because we are a community. We are a body instituted by God, intended to take us to a specific location that my brothers and sisters has only one road. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Jesus said, enter through the narrow gate. And that gate sometimes has obstacles. And those are obstacles that we sometimes have to face. And we have to overcome them. And like the water on the road, or a tree that has fallen across the road, or whatever other obstacles we may run into, often we can't do it alone. We need help from our brothers and sisters, those who love us and care for us. Because ultimately, 
don't we all want the same thing? Aren't we all seeking the same thing? Isn't our path going to the same place? We heard it in the opening prayer today. May we achieve an everlasting inheritance. But it's not something that I receive alone. It is something that I must receive in relationship with Christ. Yes, I need a personal relationship with him. That's important. But I also need the communal relationship with him. The only way to have that is through his church not just a club, an organization of human beings who decided to come together, but a divine institution through which when two or more are gathered, it becomes the body of Christ and the minister of his sacraments of salvation.